when you go to manscape.com and use the code dangle what do you get steven uh stuff to shave your balls you get 20 percent off and free shipping oh let's okay. go when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Podcast powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Steve, Eric Brandstrom of the Ottawa Senators today decided to do an AMA on Reddit? On Reddit. On the Ottawa Senators Reddit, Eric Brandstrom currently, right now, as we're recording, is doing an Ask Me Anything. Yeah? Yes. And I want to go through some of the questions and some of the answers. Okay. (laughs) This one in particular, (laughs) I think you're going to love. Eric Brandstrom, who grew up in Sweden, no relation to the GTA was asked, favorite team to play against? Eric Branstrom said, my favorite team to play against is Toronto. Always a good rivalry. I think Branstrom has been a part of maybe three Leafs-Sens games. And it feels like he was always scratched during the All-Canadian series. He loves it. He loves beating the Leafs. Because everybody loves beating the Leafs. Is that what he said? No, no, no. The second oh, part. Oh, he oh. says he says favorite team to play against at least, but it doesn't say he loves beating the Leafs. Uh, other answers to some questions. Favorite city to play in? Vegas. Toronto. Because he was drafted oh, okay. there. Yeah. Does that. Um, favorite player to play against? Toronto. Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah. I watched him growing up, and he's near. He's from where uh, I grew up. That's cool. Got that. Let me see. What's the biggest transition coming from Sweden to North America? Does the smaller rinks? Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Brave of him to be the 25th hundred person to say that in an interview. <laughs> really favorite, appreciate that. Favorite part about Ottawa. What do you think he says? Uh, uh, Byward Market. <laughs> he says, around the parliament is really nice. The history, the buildings. To walk around there is really nice. He's all he's done is walked around it. He hasn't been to that building not once. <laughs> Guaranteed. Uh, here's another one. Can you describe the vibe in the dressing room with the boys? Eric writes, the whole uh, team is a tight group. Yeah. 
That's Revolution- it? Revolutionary stuff here, Steve. Okay, knowing Reddit and how much Reddit likes to stir the pot, these are not the questions I expected someone in the Ottawa Senators to be getting. What is your game day routine? He answered this one. Okay. Eat an apple. (laughs) Pre-game meal is pasta. Uh, Pasta, chicken, and tomato pesto. I have some salad. I try to nap for an hour or so. When I get to the rink, I have a cold shower and a coffee to get going. And then I warm up. You know, this isn't going to be good for my career, but I don't know if we need to interview any more of them. I think they're all, I think we've interviewed every hockey player. Like, that's enough. We can just recycle. The the next time a guy makes his debut in the league, we can just lie and say we ask these questions and we can put in the same answers. We don't need to keep talking to these guys. We don't need to keep bugging them. Just leave them alone. Halib asked, what are your thoughts on poutine? Eric said, I've actually never had poutine. I'll have to try it. Okay. This is this is aging me. This is making me like less excited for Christmas. Oh, he answered this really tough one. I'll break Which my nose. Why do you prefer to play? Right now, I'm most comfortable on the left in the defensive zone. But I like playing on the right side of the offensive zone. So both. <laughs> he said both sides. So he answered what any defenseman who shoots left would answer. It's very cool. He said both sides. All right, I was, oh I'm going to refresh the page see if he answered some more. Oh, uh, we don't need to do this. These are excellent. Just really out there. A really tough questions. He's he's answering. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's any more. I think those are the ones he's gotten to so far. Oh, how about this one? Who is your favorite hockey player growing up? And who is your favorite player now? Okay. He said, growing up, I played goalie in under 12. So hey! I liked, there's something interesting. Hey! He okay. said he liked Henrik Lundqvist because he was hey! goalie. Yeah. Love that. Oh, you know what? No, we can talk to hockey players again. Amazing. Good job. <laughs> Brandstrom's favorite players now are Eric Carlson Austin and Matthews. Tori Krug. Tori Krug, that's an interesting one. That's yeah. There's something. Did they? They would have never played together. That's an interesting one. Okay, he's a small guy. Plays left. All right. How close is IKEA food in North America compared to IKEA food in Sweden? Kind of an interesting question. We're getting places. Okay. Eric wrote, "It's actually pretty close. There's some differences, but not a whole lot." All right. All right. That is the second most intriguing answer (laughs) so far (laughs) out of all of that. Uh, uh, Somebody asked, being from Sweden to have Alfie around the organization, how's that feel? And he says, it's a huge, it's huge. He's a big part of Swedish hockey and the Ottawa Senators. Boo. He didn't really answer that. Boo. No, we could have ended at the last one. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think that's it. Oh, how many times a game do you get take a stick to the nose? Oh, yeah. Okay, now you're speaking to me. He said four or five times. Damn. Seems like a lot. Yeah. For one Sounds game. painful. My right, nose actually started throbbing when you, when you said that. 
<laughs> uh, last, last one. Last one. We'll end on this. What do you get at Mr. Shawarma? Interesting. Yeah, see? We're getting okay. some good questions. Eric wrote, I actually haven't tried shawarma. Oh, shut up! <laughs> shut up! How many things did you read from that damn thing and two of them are interesting? Honestly. You owe all of us. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo forever. I First of all, I was shocked the senators did this. Like, it's on our Ottawa Senators, and it's Brent so just sitting there. Today? It's live right now from 10 to 11. I, too, am surprised the Ottawa Senators did an AMA today of all days. If I were the Ottawa Senators, I might avoid this sort of thing for the foreseeable future. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm proud of Eric for putting himself out there, answering some really tough questions. And showing us a little bit of his personality. Guaranteed, they were like, this dude, no one is going to say less than this guy. <laughs> Throw him out there. Brady Kachuk, never heard of him. We need to hear from Eric Brandstrom. We need a guy to connect with the fans who's going to say absolutely nothing. Hell yeah. Who's who? To both food-related questions, his answer is going to be, haven't tried it. Except for the Ikea one, which is an unoriginal. You know what? Ah, ah, the Ikea as a theme is an unoriginal question. But what is the difference between North America and Sweden? Ah, it's actually a good question. It's a good question. Mm -hmm. I did like that one. I did really like that one. Boo. I wish he, uh, he didn't even get into details about the foods, you know. No, I wanted to know that. He didn't even talk about the meatballs. That's not such a gimme. That's a toss up. Eric, Eric, get type a little more next time. We can have these one sentence answers. So Adam Wilde is still sick. Yes, it's just us. And I don't know about Wednesday. Like it might be the same same stuff going on here. Wednesday. I don't know. We're all battling. Mm -hmm. Like it's uh, you're a tiny bit sick. I got a cough. Yeah, I'm on the mend. But what I was saying before the show is I've just been grumpy. I've been grumpy all week. Because between being sick and my broken nose, I've just been like breathing through my mouth. Like I've been breathing like a pug for friggin' over a week now. Because you broke and, your nose. And I'm just so thirsty all the time. I'm so frigging thirsty because awful. Awful. Terrible way to be. Been getting just great sleeps. Just really good sleeps. Great. Good shit. <laughs> On Saturday, Elliot Friedman of Hockey Night in Canada reported that the Vancouver Canucks are willing to trade every single player on their roster, excluding Elias Pettersson. Everyone else is on the table to be traded. And Elliot made the point to say that this includes Quinn Hughes. He said the offer would have to be ginormous to trade Hughes, but Hughes is a tradable piece. And the Canucks that night, I don't know if you caught some of the games, Steve, after your stream, but they responded to this report by losing to the Jets 5-1 to one on Hockey Night in Canada. And I, that was with 
out Pedersen because he was out with a uh, non-COVID il- illness. So I uh, I forgot about this because I did tune in. Uh, I saw that it was I think it was five nothing when I went to go there, and I and by the time I tuned in, it was five one. But I was just surveying the score and then surveying the the vibe in the crowd. And I said, you know what? This strikes me as a... Oh, there's Quinn Hughes right there. Hey, hello, hey. hello, Quinn Hughes on my wall. Uh, I go, you know what? This game strikes me as a jersey thrower. This is the sort of game where someone throws a jersey on the ice. And apparently within 30 seconds of me tweeting that, someone did. Oh, no way. I didn't know it was that. I know the jersey was thrown. I didn't know it happened right after you tweeted it. It was. I don't know if it was right after or right before, but it must have been like as I was composing the tweet. Wow. Someone threw their jersey, and you can just tell. There's there's several markets that are really bad for that. Uh, I'll say Toronto first. Toronto is really bad for that. Edmonton is really bad for that, and Vancouver's really bad for that. And uh, I mean, their fans are pissed off. Of course they're pissed off. And like Patrick, Patrick Alvin, you could you couldn't have just sent an email. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, everyone on our roster is shut up. That's that's what every desperate GM says. Mm-hmm. Every desperate GM. We're willing to trade everyone except for our uh, youngest, brightest player. Shut up. Shut shut up. It, JT it, Miller, by the way, yeah. uh, who is my just favorite dude to pick on. Uh, on the Vancouver Canucks, but in part because I drafted him in fantasy to show you that I, I'm i not cheering against this player, but I'm starting to. On November 26th, he had a goal and an assist against Vegas. Mm-hmm. Followed by a two-assist game, still good. One assist, no points. One assist, one assist, no points, no points. One assist, no points. He has not scored a goal this $8 million player since November 26th. Oh, wow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Can he make it 10 tonight against St. Louis? Uh, not this player isn't being talked about enough for how shocking he is. I think the whole, the whole Canucks roster is they struggle mightily, especially at home. Like and and Boudreaux was talking after the game on Saturday because the Canucks going into that game versus Winnipeg just came off a great wo- win versus the Calgary Flames, who are also not doing the greatest right now. And he was talking about, it and he says it's more frustrating watching our team sometimes when you can go from great to whatever tonight was. You try to build them up. You told them how good they played in Calgary, and we did an awful lot of good things. And then we come here, and it's not even the same team. It's hard to understand sometimes. I feel like that's a huge vibe of the Canucks. It's so, they start off 0-7, they climb their way back to, I don't know, what it, how the close they get, two points out of a playoff spot, and then you never think they're actually going to do it because they start shitting the bed once again. And people need a long memory here. You need a long memory here. Oh, it sounds like Bruce Brudrow doesn't have the answers, and isn't that the coach's job? It was the last coach's job! It was the last coach's job. It's the same thing with this team. But no, we're, we're going to trade the captain who's uh, on pace for like 60 goals. Yeah, he was and, the one in the 5-1. Yeah. 
And we're going to trade uh, Quinn Hughes, even though we have OEL and Tyler Myers. And uh, we're, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh. You can't. You can't analyze this team. You don't know what they are. You don't know what they want to be. You don't know what they're going to be other than mediocre. Mm-hmm. Like, unless they get a gift dropped into their laps uh, at uh, at the draft. I really don't know what the future of this team is. Now, and you're thinking all the uh, way to the draft? Well, that's what this is about. Like, this year, there's no worse year to be in the position that the Canucks are. Are you or aren't you? Right? This is the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. The Chicago Blackhawks, who we'll talk about later in the show, are utterly shocking. This is the right year to be utterly shocking. This is not the right year to be the heartwarming story that the Arizona Coyotes are. (laughs) They are winning too many games. They are too fun to watch. (laughs) They're too fun to watch. They score too many goals. Their goalie makes too many saves. Too fun. You know what? The Ducks were in last place. They were in a great spot. They weren't getting any goaltending. And then both their goalies get hurt, and Lucas Dostal comes in. He wins back-to-back games, and all of a sudden, the Ducks are three points up on last. What? This kid's going to screw it up for everybody. (laughs) The Blackhawks have not hit 20 points. The stuff of legend. They were bad, and they're getting worse. The stuff of legend. Listen, uh, I'm not here to tell you tanking always works or is always a good thing or we should all strive to be the 2014-15 Buffalo Sabres but I I wonder if Patrick Alvin is saying listen I'm willing to trade everything that's not tied down because we're not bad enough Mm -hmm. except we know that's not what he's saying the Canucks want hockey trades they think what We want trades where we think we can rip you off, is all I hear there. We think we can get better through hockey trade. Oh, you think you're going to get a better player for your player, and you're calling me to do it? Fuck off. Hang up. I don't know what the the mission is, what the mission statement is with the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, that's their biggest problem. They're unwilling to completely gut this organization. And there's some good pieces, like they're saying, oh, you know, everybody's on the board except for Patterson. But it's either we need to tear it down completely, and because I don't, I don't think there's is there an option to go for it. Like, what is the option to go for it with the Canucks? You you can't you don't move out these pieces and try and do this rebuild on the fly. I think we've we've seen enough that the pieces don't work, and like there's enough young talent, but you need to gut it. Even gutting it, like even gutting it, I don't think is something the Canucks have to do. Here, I'm trying to bring up their cap-friendly page. Again, I keep talking about all the parts they have that I like. $5.5 million, Bo Horvat, he's a UFA. I would try to keep him and move on from JT Miller, but since it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to do that, you trade him. Now, what do you trade him for to get the max out of the deal? Futures, correct. None of this hockey trade nonsense. Futures. Andre Kuzmenko, 
He's 26. He's a UFA. I would like to keep him if I'm the Canucks. I think you should try to keep him. Nils Hoaglander. There's an interesting one. Only 21 years old. I would like to keep him. You got a few guys who have a couple years left. Luke Shen, Kyle Burrows. Like, I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel here. Mm-hmm. Trade your UFAs except for maybe Kuzmenko. Get futures. And if you're really hell-bent on getting better, uh, take those futures and flip them at the draft. Flip them for a player at the draft. There will be guys available. I don't think this is particularly hard, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. And, you know, Oliver ekman Larson, you're probably going to be hanging on to him forever. Tyler Myers, come the draft, there's going to be one year left to that guy. One year left at six million bucks. How much in actual money? Let's check it out. Six mil in actual money and a modified no trade. That kind of sucks. But you try. You try. For goodness sakes, you try. It just feels like they've tried nothing and they're all out of ideas. That's a that's a huge thing. Cause like, yeah, you like uh, you like the collection of young talent, but the collection of young players aren't young enough for you to to have a full rebuild. You know, like when the Leafs were doing their rebuild here, Matthews was 20, Marner was 21, Nylander was 21, you know, like the Pedersen's already 24, Besser's 25, Quinn Hughes is 23. It's not, they're not so young where you have this long runway to get them to 25. They're already there. They should be getting into their peak. So like, but if you're gonna go in a direction, you have to go full scale into either direction. Either yeah. we're trying to win all out with these guys, or we're tearing it completely down, which means get rid of everybody. Besser uh, reminds me of Line A in that you know don't just stop putting your fans through this. Make the move or don't. Um, so he, there's another guy you can move on from potentially, and that could free up some room and just do something. Yeah. They haven't done anything. <laughs> Yeah. The collection of Do talent something. they have doesn't work. And they need a new collection of players. And they refuse to just shift the entire thing. I know who I'd trade. But. Everyone? JT Miller. <laughs> I just think so many of their problems begin and end with him. But uh, On Saturday night, too, they had Miller in the, in the center spot, filling in for Pedersen. It yeah. was uh, Kuzmenko and then Miller and Mikheyev. And the team had three shots on net in the first period. And then when it was uh, 3 nothing in the middle of the second, they had seven shots. And it was just the the amount of effort they're giving and the the chances they're trying to generate there is just non-existent. Like the team doesn't try on some given nights and they, they don't look like an NHL team at some points. Uh I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you fix that without blowing it up. Mm-hmm. How do you, I mean, the obvious answer is fire the coach, but they've used that bullet. But was all, was Alvin the guy who used that bullet? I don't think he was. No, I don't. It was believe Jim Benning, right? Yeah. But, uh, Rutherford hired, uh, Boudreaux. I think so. Listen, someone's got to make a decision here because all I know is they've done a whole lot of nothing and it's gotten them nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. Make a decision. Make a move, even if it ends up being a bad one. What are you going to do? Be bad? Do something. If there's anyone, if everyone on the Canucks roster is available, and you are Kyle Dubas, Steve Dubas Dangle, who would you pluck from the roster? I get you one free pluck, and you got to give me an asset that you think Vancouver would like. And then we'll go to you can bet that. Uh, <laughs> who do you okay, well, uh, get one. Uh, I'm not going to do Bo Horvat because that's going to be too expensive. Um, hmm. Hmm. Ha. Okay. I got two answers. Okay. So the cap's not a thing. We don't care about that. No, no, no cap. Okay. So Luke Shen is a guy I'd like to give up. Well, what kind of a draft pick are we talking? I've heard first. That's absurd. I'm not, I'm not doing that. For Luke Shen, I'd yeah. say I want a first. I want a first. I'm Patrick Alvin. Okay, I can't do that. Okay, well, you don't get him. What do you, what do you, uh, hey, Pat, mm-hmm. since we're on a first name basis, what are, what are you looking at for, um, who's that kid? Well, how do you say his name? Ilya Mikheyev? <laughs> Shut up. What? How do you, what? How much you want, Pat? You're not bringing, you're taking back Ilya Mikheyev. Why? Why not? You're bringing it back to Toronto? 2LW. Let's go. I want Aberjeezy. You want Nick Aberjeezy for Ilya Mikheyev? Straight up. I'll drive him to the airport myself. One for one. One for one? One for one. Drive him to the airport myself. Welcome back, Ilya. Give me me a fifth. You want Aberjeezy and a fifth? I'll I'll do both. I'll do both. (laughs) Thank you. I'd take that. Yeah. Tell you what. You get two. <laughs> two fifths? No, no, two assets. You want two fifths? I'll give you Abrazizi and two fifths for McCaff. <laughs> <laughs> if the cap is not a thing, that's what uh, I want. That's what you want. Ilya McCaff back. What, where's he playing? Second line uh, left wing? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. To give you an idea of how sick and out of it Adam Wilde is right now. What? It, what? He just sent Jesse and I a text. Hey, are you guys coming? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no, Adam. We're in the middle of recording. All right. Um, we're going to get into You Can Bet That with Sports Interaction. We're going to bring on David Bastel, and then we're going to do a little Winnipeg Jets at Chicago Blackhawks talk after that. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. There's a section there called Dangles Doozies. And tomorrow night, the Toronto Maple Leafs play the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in those Dangles Doozies, we have a section called Ontario Born. We yes. bet on the, the GTHA boys coming into <laughs> Toronto and scoring goals. David, what do we have under Ontario Born for tomorrow? You know, it's funny because you look down some of these lineups and you're like, oh, a couple guys here, a couple guys here. But then when you look at Tampa Bay and, and maybe it's a Steven Stamkos thing that you always think, oh, there's so many Ontario Born players. But there's actually some pretty good quality when you look at it, right? Because you, you look at Corey Perry, 
uh, who, who's a very good player. Steven Stamkos, who is a Hall of Famer. Uh, uh, call it Nicholas Paul, who I'm a big fan of, Steve. I, I, I actually think Nicholas Paul will be able to score. So we have this prop here, just yeah. like you talked about, where... You know, are you going to score on the Maple Leafs? Because you guys have kind of noted this better than most. Uh, Ontario-born players have this habit of coming to town and maybe recording a couple points for the uh, fans in the stands. Yeah, I just uh, went and clicked on Dangles Doozies and I'm like, you know, why? what have I done? What have I done? I don't... Who are you taking out of those, out of the four Ontario-born? So it's... Sorelli, Nick Paul, yes. Stamkos, and Corey Perry. Who you got, Steve? All of those guys have caused their own unique nightmares for the Maple Leafs, too. <laughs> um, the most, the most um, probably underrated one is Nick Paul, who scored both goals in uh, Game 7. I'm going to go with the hero of Game 6, though, uh, because he hasn't played very much this season, Anthony Sorelli. Yeah. Got to go for the captain of the Oshawa Generals. There you go. For, for me, I think it's so easy. I think Stammer Stammer easily scores tomorrow night. You know, like how, how does that guy who's been on fire all season not come into Toronto? It's true. Say like, hey, I didn't sign with you guys. Here's a goal against Adam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and Adam, who's been who's been dumping on him for years and saying he's uh, washed up, and all he does is prove that uh, he's wrong. Who's worse than Adam? Same, same section guys. They have uh, returningly former friends Zach Bogosian also scoring. Um, I'm not afraid of Zach Bogosian scoring. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but you didn't, didn't see know. Jimmy VC get two. <laughs> that, that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. no, it wasn't. <laughs> that was perfectly predictable, David. <laughs> so, okay. and the the odds are pretty good because the Zach Bogosian goal doesn't happen very often. No, Zach Bogosian goal happens as often as uh, Haley's comment. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're getting you're getting about five or six to one, somewhere around that range. Watch, um, watch. Yeah. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> we're we're betting on Zach Bogosian, I see. Hey, well, I'm gonna say no, but he's not gonna score a goal. I know that's the lopsided okay, of course he's not mm-hmm. going to, but eh, okay, well we'll talk about this next time. I, I like that that there's the option to bet the no, you know, that yeah. you can get both sides of this. You know, if if you don't believe that Bogosian's gonna get a goal, you can just hit no. Yeah. You can bet that as well. Like no. No, and of course, of course, the odds are favoring uh, the no. So you're not going to get a value proposition like you would with a Bogo goal or a Nick Paul goal uh, or, you know, a Sorelli goal, something of that nature. But eh, you never know, right? I'm placing the bet right now. Right now as we speak (laughs) on Bogosian. Five to one, Zach Bogosian returns to Toronto. Revenge game for him. Scores against the Leafs. There you you go. can find uh, Dangles Doozies at sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Thank you, David. We will see you on Friday. Exclusively Dangles Doozies. You bet, guys. Talk to you later. As we mentioned, the Winnipeg Jets handed the Vancouver Canucks their lunch money on Saturday. Sure did. Before that game, there was, a couple, there was a couple sad notes for Jets fans. Blake Wheeler is going to be uh, out for at least a month. He went... Uh, he went through surgery he undergone surgery underwent underwent there we go he underwent surgery on friday after he blocked a shot on thursday and then nate schmidt also in that thursday game he's going to be out four to six weeks with an upper body uh injury and the the jets have been like always a little they're a little light on d already so this doesn't really help losing nate schmidt 
And uh, Blake Wheeler, who ha- who's having a great season after being stripped of the captaincy, uh, is going to hurt the lineup a lot, too. But, like, the Jets, they're one of the surprise teams. Like, Rick Bonus has them playing really well. They're 20-10-1. I believe they lost last night. Um, but they're playing, playing really well. Rick Bonus has them playing great defense. Their penalty kill has gone from 29th in the league to 5th this That's year. That's big. That's huge. Like that's going to turn around your entire your entire uh, franchise. Like they they've been playing really well. I think they're in a position where like, hey, we can probably lock them into a playoff spot, considering how weak the central kind of looks in the bottom half. Like they're they're kind of good right now. And there's one thing I want to throw out to you, Steve Dangle, because I've been hearing a little bit of the chatter. It's bumbling under the surface. The better. And I think we're getting there. Yeah. There's there's been some good chat. In this Ooh. in this ballpark here, Jonathan Taves. Oh come where on is, now! Where is Jonathan Taves from? Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. I think if this team really thinks they have the team that they have, and I think they're they've been good. Thirty one games in, they're second in the Central. They're one point back of the the Dallas Stars with a game in hand. If they want to go for it this season, to bring in the hometown boy, have Shifley, PLD, Jonathan Taves, push Adam Lowry down to the fourth line, that center connection right there, that'll win you a couple rounds of the playoffs. Jonathan That's Taves. That's formidable. Jonathan Taves to the Winnipeg Jets. What do you think? I've heard dumber ideas. Um, listen. He's got to go somewhere, which isn't true, actually. He can <laughs> simply true. rot on the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, but that's a team that's getting a ton of saves. Um, saves and then Taves. You know what I mean? Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, he can make it even better for you. Um, I think it would take a lot of responsibility off of him. Uh, he has too much of a load to do everything on a team that is reprehensibly bad uh, in the Chicago Blackhawks. He goes from Peter Morazic to Connor Hellebuck, which I think is going to be pretty wild. Imagine Jonathan Taves pulling like third line duty on the Winnipeg Jets. Give him really specific roles. You ease him into the lineup. If you want, you can work him up. You know, I don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois would would mind too much. But uh, for a team that has made defensive strides, to add a guy like Jonathan Taves, a work ethic and experience, um, and, you know, local boy story, if you, if you want to go that far, you know, I, the, the Jets haven't had an, uh, enough of those. Um, it's an interesting idea, and it's an idea that I think could potentially be done on the cheap because the Blackhawks are in an awful position Um, because they have to retain half on a player making um, $10.5 million. You know, I don't really think they're in a position of, well, because we're retaining half, it's going to cost more for you in terms of assets. No, you're retaining half and you're still giving us a player who's what's, what's half of that five, $0.75 0.75 million dollars. Mm-hmm. I I I wonder what kind of assets the Jets would have to give up because that's fascinating to me. 5.25. 5.2. Uh 
Yeah, five point two five. Oh yeah, you're right. Five point two five. Yeah, right. first, it felt wrong as I said it. <laughs> the first thing I did when I looked at this was, do they have their first round pick? Yes, and they do. The Winnipeg Jets do have their first round pick because I think that's kind of what it's going to cost for Jonathan Taves. I don't know if you're if you're the Blackhawks, if you're Kyle Davidson, you can't say we traded Jonathan Taves and we didn't get a first round pick back. If I'm Kevin Cheveldayoff, I do my absolute best to get it to be conditional. But if I'm Kevin Cheveldayoff, I'm like, oh, I won a cup with this guy. And now I'm starting to, con- I'm like, what? I why make that connection? Now I'm like, why? Why do all of these names feel like they know each other? Oh, oh, well, anyway, we know Cheveldayoff is a fan of Taves. Maybe he would be even, willing to do that. Didn't even think of that. Wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. Thinking, there's, there's your GM. You're going back to him. You know, if they're yeah. still buddies. The guy who ran the organization for all those cup years. Bringing right. back the kid to Winnipeg. First round pick. I, maybe it's not this year's first. Like, maybe you, you hold out because this draft is supposed to be so deep. Um, maybe you trade the 2024 first round pick to Chicago. <sighs> You get into trouble with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you get into trouble trading your first uh, over a year ahead of time. You get into trouble with that shit. It's true. Uh, you know, maybe you put some sort of protection on it this year. Uh, if I'm the Jets, I'm willing to do a lot of things before I give up an unprotected first this year. I try to see how far down the road Billy Hainola gets me that, you know, blue chip prospect who's unhappy in his situation um there could be a match there that's a that's a very good point you know like if if hanola is doesn't have a long-term fit in your organization because he's not happy like there's a guy with still two years left on the elc he looks like he's going to be a good prospect left-handed defenseman send him over to chicago why not he's i mean hey kid you want playing time Here's the worst organization in the tr- in the entire league right now. <laughs> Go for it. Do you know when Hainola played his first NHL game? He played it as an 18-year-old. In 2019. Oh. Yeah. He was he was drafted, I don't remember where, but it was in the first round. And he played straight out of whatever league he was drafted from. He played as an 18-year-old. And uh <laughs> Can't help but feel like that might have got his hopes up uh, because, uh, unfortunately, uh, he's still not a regular NHL player, which I don't think anyone could have predicted, given how he started in this league. Only two games this season with the Jets, 13 down in the AHL with the Manitoba Moose, but like he's just bounced around everywhere since being drafted. First round, uh, 20th overall. Dude. Eight games as an 18-year-old defenseman picked 20th overall. One goal forces five points. Five and eight. Ah! Ah! And then uh, he add him to the list. So many players drafted in that friggin' draft. In the 2019 draft. Got so screwed by covid mm-hmm. um and he ends up playing in three different leagues uh in the 2020 2021 season plays in finland plays with the jets plays in, with the moose 
He's he's playing all over the place. We in Nick Robertson in Toronto, who wasn't drafted too far after Heinola. Uh, he was within a round anyway of Heinola. Um there there's lots of players from those like the 2018, the 2019, and the 2020 drafts who their development's just screwed. Just screwed. Like, I, I keep bringing it back to the Leafs, but they have a guy named Ty Voigt who was drafted after having not played hockey for a year. Mm-hmm. That's part of the reason he slid that far is he was supposed to go higher than that, but then no one took him because he didn't play. He didn't play. Hainola was unfortunate to have already been drafted and then gotten this taste and then had it taken away from him. There's if, if COVID never happens, he's a regular NHL or a couple years ago, but if ifs and buts, right. I don't think any of us wish that happened, but no. Yeah, no, it's uh Nick Robertson's one of the best examples of that. A guy whose career has just been completely yo-yoed and derailed by, by COVID and just the situation. And then now it's even worse because uh, because of his injury. Yeah. Yeah. Heinola and Robertson. Robertson, maybe the poster boy up front and Heinola, maybe the poster boy in the back end. Best supporting actor. Yeah. Just <laughs> most screwed. How about that? Just <laughs> most screwed. Most uh, openly unhappy about it, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's weird in Winnipeg where they've had they have a long or a short history of players being openly unhappy. I don't, I don't understand why guys are so vocal about being unhappy in Winnipeg, but you know, from Line A to Dubois to Hainola, they they love being unhappy openly in Winnipeg. Ah, uh, I hope the kid is surrounded by the right people because I like I understand. I think all of us can empathize in some way shape or form uh thinking your life is going to go a certain way and then it you know completely gets taken away from you i'm trying to look it up right now he does have another year left on his elc so he's probably grumpy because he thinks his elc should be done by now Um, yeah it slid but also uh, if I'm Hainola, I'm like, dude, I should have been in the NHL full time two, three years ago. Uh, I should be at the end of my contract. I should be a regular top four D in this league. And I should be asking you for at least 3 million bucks a year. I should be asking you for like a $10 million contract. Yep. And like now I'm, now I'm looking at my contract going, all right, what's my QO? It's it's crazy. He has a five year ELC. Yeah, man, that's insane. I'd be, I wouldn't be the best in that situation either. Where's the NHLPA on that? Right. Oh, the NHLPA on anything is they're non-existent. Yeah, where's the NHLPA? Oh, on just doing nothing. (laughs) Speaking of the Blackhawks, uh, Taves and Kane, they played a thousand games together uh, in their game versus the. Uh, New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden and um, lost seven nothing. No, seven one. <laughs> seven one. Seven one. It was actually at home. I don't think it was at uh, MSG. And during that game, there was a couple interesting things that happened because Jacob Truba and Andreas Anathisiu 
keep going back and forth. Yep. And uh, Truba scored a goal. And if you remember, if you don't remember, Truba hit Andreas. Uh, you know, it was a clean hit. I think. You know, it was, it was a hard hit. And I thought uh, he left his feet, but a little bit. But you know, it was a hard hit. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Andreas chirped uh, Truba by saying uh, he's an $8 million guy with zero goals. And Truba responded last game by scoring a goal and then asking Andreas if he wanted it, uh, if he wanted the puck. Which is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Like, listen, you don't have to like Jacob Truba. I don't care. That's hilarious. And Truba has done a great job rewriting his own story because dude looks silly got the big contract he was just named captain doesn't have a goal looks ridiculous think he got kicked out of a game and he went to throw his helmet down the tunnel completely missed and threw it into the boards since that tantrum and grav is all over this on his twitter if i'm not mistaken the Rangers are 7-0. and mm-hmm. They have not lost. And Truba has scored twice. That's a team on the up, Jesse Blake. You don't maybe you knew something me. that we didn't. <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, Jesse's, Jesse's a rink rat, right? He, Jesse's watching the all the obscure games. Um, and he was watching some hockey during this more unknown tournament that mo- most of you casuals haven't seen before called the Eastern Conference Final. And he saw this team called the New York Rangers that he thought, you know what? I see something here. I think these guys can be special. That's, it's, it's what I said. They played this underrated team called Tampa Bay. Uh, they, they play <laughs> in the league called the NHL and they looked really good versus them. And I think the New York Rangers have something going for them. Absolutely. It's six in a row, by the way, not seven. You know what? You're you're Mark Hunter. You're just a rink rat. You you live it. You love it. It is seven, my bad. Is it seven? It's seven. It's seven. I've counted it again. Uh their last loss came to Athanasiu and the Blackhawks a couple weeks ago. Oh so there you go. It's the revenge game. Uh and you had a couple things to say about the Blackhawks. Yeah, man. How shambolic they are. Well, just they're they're doing the thing properly. I mean, there's there's been a, a few clips recently that made me realize how unbelievably fortunate we are to be done with the Peter Morazic era uh in Toronto. That's one of Kyle Dubas's greatest mistakes. It's it's one of his worst signings and best trades. Um, like the Leafs. Getting rid of that guy, multiple years of that guy, might I add, cost 13 spots in the draft. And the guy the Leafs drafted with uh, their second rounder, who they got from the Chicago Blackhawks, I believe is like top five in major junior scoring. Oh, no. This, this year in Fraser Minton. Uh, let me let me look. I, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. He's having a very good season. I do know that much. but. Part of me couldn't help but be a little overjoyed when they were like, you know what? It's a special game. 
We're going to put Kane and Taves together on a line like old times. And we're going to put them with a really good forward. Here, so someone get our best winger. Sam Lafferty, I'll take it. <laughs> so they put Kane and Taves with Sam Lafferty and they proceed to get the crap kicked out of them 7-1 in Madison Square Garden. And I got to say, like, you know, we, we did talk about it in the Jets discussion. A uh, part of me. Listen, at the end of the day, the Blackhawks are doing the correct thing right now. Um, they are rebuilding. The way you rebuild when a player like Connor Bedard is available by being really bad. Buffalo wasn't able to recruit players. I think Chicago will be able to. Right? There's not a lot of players I've ever heard of that have Chicago on their no trade list. They want to play there. Great city, great fans. I've never been, but you can tell the fans are are great. It's not a shot of Buffalo, you know, but you always hear that story about Canada. You hear a little bit of it with California. There's the taxes, but also it's permanently summer and you take the good with the bad. Buffalo struggles, Chicago not quite as much, even though their weather sucks too. Mm-hmm. They're able to draw players. But part of me, from the way this season started and just the the many stories we've had to talk about with the Chicago Blackhawks, I cannot help that I kind of enjoy watching them lose right now. I do. Um, it's not about the players on, on the roster. Well, yeah, it is. It's a little bit about some of the players on the roster. Um, you know, it's not about, I can tell you, it's not about the goalie. None of the defensemen that I can think of, but the, the ghosts of 2010 still linger. Um, and I can't help but revel in them getting the crap kicked out of them. And good on Blackhawks fans because a lot of them are just kind of taking their lumps and they're not happy with this team either. Um, the way this probably ends is they finish last. They get at least the fourth overall pick in a really, really good draft and a team that has been a financial might in the NHL for a long time uh, will slowly begin their return to the top, right? We'll see how smart this management group is and how they're able to rebuild. But right now, yeah, kind of looks good on them. One thing before the season that I said was that Kyle Davidson is doing a great job because if you're going to tear something down, you do it to the bone, and you really suck. And the Blackhawks right now are the best at sucking in the year where you want to suck the hardest. So I think that's a credit to Davidson in that he's going to get rid of Taves and Kane, hopefully here by the end of the season, get some more assets. And trading pieces like Kirby Doc, that was always the right move. Getting a goaltender who's not a good goaltender and has an 872 save percentage is the best move you can make in Peter, Peter Mrazek. So... If their goal is to try and get Bedard, 
they're doing the best at it. They're going to have the best odds by the end of the season if this all keeps up. Kane, Taves, Athanasiu, Domi. Um, I'll skip over Jujar Kara, but Caleb Jones, Jack Johnson, Ian Mitchell, Jared Tenorti. Those are all guys on expiring deals, UFAs and RFAs, who the Blackhawks are probably going to pitch out there. And the reason I threw the RFAs in with the UFAs is it really doesn't matter who you are. Like the Blackhawks traded away Kirby Doc, Alex Debrinket, and who was the other? Uh, Brandon Hagel. Hagel, like, yeah. It's all guys under 25. Mm-hmm. They were like, whatever. Don't care. Throw them out there. Anybody who's going to maybe help us win a game, we don't want them. Help us win a game. Oof, get out of here. <laughs> and I think they could be one of those teams that surprise, not necessarily next year, but in relatively short order because uh, the, the teams that catch you off guard, the teams that improve the quickest are the teams that have absolutely no goaltending um, that go to having it. Mm-hmm. They could have league average goaltending next year and be a completely different team. Because right now they got Peter Morazic and Arvid Soderblom. I am not very familiar with Arvid. Me neither. So <laughs> I guess that's a good thing for the Blackhawks because they're trying to lose. It's the easiest way to be bad. It's it's what sets the bad teams apart from the utterly crap. Right? Look at the Coyotes. They're not doing it right. They tore it all down. You look at the roster. You're like, I don't know who half these people are. You know the goalie. You know both goalies. They're not doing it right. Not Corral- doing it right. Your goaltending's too good. Corral Vabelka in Arizona has been very good. He is and- the anti-Bedard. Oh, yeah. And that's a bad thing for them. But yeah, and 9-11 on the year for Vabelka. It's decent. Especially with a with a decor that's nothing to write home about. I man, someone from the Coyotes, someone from the NHL, needs to go up to Vimelka with a briefcase full of ten million dollars and just open it in front of him and be like, "We're really sorry about your knee." And Vimelka goes, "Ah." Oh, my knee. Oh, there's a clinic in um, Belize I need to go to. I need to visit this clinic located on the beach in Belize. Like, he just needs to go away. He just needs to stop being the goalie for the Coyotes for a while. Why Belize? I don't know. I was trying to think of tropical places. You can tell I've never been. It was like, that's something you've never been even near. No, Belize, <laughs> Bermuda, I could have said Grenada or Trinidad. You could have, yeah, my homelands. I could have, I could have, yeah. Oh, uh, Carell, don't you just need to go to Trinidad and wear those sunglasses that go over the top of your head like the track and field team? Don't Don't you just need that? Otto Bolden? You remember those? Yeah. I When those guys were running track, me and the St. Brendan's Blazers, my elementary school's track team, we all wanted to have Team Trinidad Sunflies. 
and we can never find them. You never find them. But I, I think Karel Vimelka needs to try on some of those sunglasses. Could someone please Photoshop that? Because the Coyotes are just, they're not bad enough. He, think, he makes them way too competitive. I think uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is the first uh, Trinidad track and field auto Bolden reference on a hockey podcast in history. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Those maybe. guys on the Yahoo pod. They get they get pretty out there too, so maybe not. They do, yeah, they do. I could definitely see Avery bringing that up. Yeah, uh, no, and Avery's everyone probably goes, Avery, why'd you bring that up? Yeah. <laughs> Avery's like, I don't know. Here's my nice hat. I don't. Here's my hat. Here's my. <laughs> it's one of many that I own. Yeah. <laughs>